matter of time, I suppose. Welcome to Watchmen Minute, where we take a look at the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Watchmen, one minute at a time. My name is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. And I'm Eric Nash. And I'm Peter Rios from the Daily Rios podcast. Welcome back, Peter. Hey, guys. Thank you for bringing me back. Thanks for coming back. Yesterday was fun getting to see Lori go all Hulk smash, but uh, I think today's going to be a little bit more subdued. And it starts, minute 153 starts with John helping Lori up and ends with John talking about contradictions and odds. Yeah, John would be good at a uh, poker table. He can, uh, he can, he knows all the odds. <laughs> or maybe blackjack would be more his game. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to start with this one. Like, it's again, it just continues that what I was talking about yesterday. It just it being one of my favorite scenes. Um, she gets you know two words of dialogue in this whole minute. And the rest is just this gorgeous monologue from Dr. Manhattan. And uh, right at the beginning, he get he asks if uh, if she'll smile if he admits that he was wrong. And uh, I really like it because in minute 149 last week, she asked him if it was uh, too late to ask for a miracle. Uh-huh. You know, and he goes into... The, the, you know, saying that miracles uh, by their definition are meaningless and whatever happens, happens. And, you know, I think this is kind of admitting that he was wrong on that account. Right. That's kind of how I took that, too. Um, in one aspect, um, he knows that if he admits that he's wrong, that will make her happy because that's been some, that's been a debate they've been having for a while. Um, her trying to make him see in her ways or human in a more human way, as opposed to his very rigid, here's how I perceive time. Um, uh, so it's, it's that it's also, it's also he he is coming to a realization um and and so there's i think there's like a bunch of different layers in that one sentence so uh which i'm sure we'll talk about um but yeah i yeah. sort of thought the same thing and yeah and i am definitely stuck on that the the word human and human coupling and and mm. You know, I, I guess this is something I even kind of almost struggle with a little bit. But you know, is is there something, anything more human than, you know, coupling and creating life? Oh sure. It's 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 interesting that he, you know, the person that we've been talking about this whole time, you know, is being the least human. Yeah. You know, lost his humanity and so forth. That uh, he's the one to help her. Uh, well, and, it's, and, it, and the whole story, the whole, you know, hopefully the human race in a sense, uh, help figure things out maybe. Yeah. And we mentioned, you know, something, uh, in yesterday's minute kind of reminding us of, of the scene with, with he and comedian in Vietnam and, you know, there in that scene, they were dealing with this pregnant woman, you know, yeah, and that that 
is essentially what he's talking about now. It's it's human coupling and um, this miracle of life kind of thing. But back then, it obviously it didn't register enough to him as being important. And so then he wasn't concerned with with you know preserving that woman's life. Here he's talking. You know it, it. It there's not even a a pregnancy like it you know in the scene kind of thing it's it's not like he's talking about her Lori being pregnant it's just she was the result of a this uh human coupling and and that is now a miracle to him it's it's kind of interesting well you've just hit on a couple things that i the the one i kind of came up with right when you were saying it but the other one i'll we'll get to in a bit but um so the the vietnamese woman that was pregnant that that baby fetus was is Lori's half sister or brother. Mm. Mm, sure. Yeah. You you I don't know if you've thrown in any sort of like doomsday clock connections, but that just makes I, I am so far behind. I've only read like the first two issues of that, huh, and we're up same here. Yeah, we're only we're up to about what seven or eight by now. But it would be very interesting if that baby was still alive. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and brought back for yeah. for some purpose but uh-huh. um he talks about you know the, the first example of miracles you know he says uh events with astronomical odds of occurring like oxygen turning into gold so i i just looked up just just the phrase phrase turning oxygen into gold um, not expecting to find any, you know, like, oh yeah, it's really easy, you know. Um, but I found like a Quora website and it says, um, the question, you know, can you turn air oxygen into gold with the right mechanism? It says theoretically, yes. Will it be worth it? No. <laughs> um, while it is possible to force enough protons to combine with the nucleus of an oxygen atom to turn it into gold, the cost to make it even, the cost to make even a few atoms of gold from oxygen would be equal to the cost to mine uh, for many milligrams of gold, along with the refining of the gold. Blah blah blah. Uh, this coupled with the fact that the facility to require is miles long and makes the process ineffective. Um, I, you'd, you'd need a, a, you know, particle collider or the uh, Large Hadron Collider or something like that. Um, And uh, this, you know, got me thinking about alchemy, which is the process of trying to turn uh, base metals into gold, uh, which was the predecessor of chemistry. And that led me to an article from like an offshoot of West Texas A&M University that one of their science, I don't know, professors was answering questions and has this paragraph about uh, is alchemy possible? You know, turning metal into gold, and it, it is that is possible. Um, it's uh, also kind of pointless because of the cost that, you, but the amount of gold you'd create is is way way offsets the um, the value. And it's uh, I thought it was interesting. It's a, it's a bit long, but um, but I. I think there's some interesting stuff here. It says, 
Uh, gold is the chemical element with 79 protons in each atomic nucleus. Every atom containing 79 protons is a gold atom. And all gold atoms behave the same chemically. In, in principle, we can therefore create gold by simply assembling 79 protons and enough neutrons to make the nucleus stable. Or even better, we can remove one proton from mercury, which has 80, or add one proton to platinum, which has 78. It says the process is simple, but or simple in principle, but hard to do in practice. Adding or removing protons from a nucleus are types of nuclear reactions. As such, no series of chemical reactions can ever create gold. Um, says the ancient alchemist dream of creating gold by simply reacting chemicals is therefore impossible. You have to use nuclear reactions, and that makes it difficult um, because that requires a lot of energy. And then it goes on to say it should be obvious by this production process, much of the gold created from, from other elements um, is radioactive. Radioactive gold is hazardous to humans and cannot be sold commercially. <laughs> Furthermore, when radioactive gold undergoes uh, radioactive decay after a few days, it is no longer gold. So it uh, essentially is pointless. Wow. So long, long way around saying that, uh, you know, alchemy is possible. Well, not in the sense of using chemistry, but um, so... It is technically possible to turn oxygen to gold or metal, other metals to gold. So it's a little, little science for you. I might be confusing where I'm where I'm remembering this from, but I think I remember reading, it might be in a comic, maybe it was in Watchmen around this time in the book, or I'm confusing it with something else. If something about all the gold in the universe was created at the Big Bang or something like mm. that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, mm. I'm sure I've heard that. Yeah, I read that, yeah, it takes uh, two stars, you know, crashing into each other or something. The, the fusion in that reaction is what creates gold. Hmm. And that's, yeah, I think I've read that before as well or heard that or I don't know if it was in Watchmen. I think it might have just been some kind of science fact or something. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I've heard that too. It's like we the own we there's only like there's like a finite amount yeah. you know there's no you know there'll never be more gold there's just what we have and I guess unless you started to create it create it with a particle accelerator but well I mean I guess it's essentially so you essentially just need to put a qualifier on it of naturally occurring as much mm. as yeah as much as we know it's natural <laughs> mm. I mean hey maybe maybe it's god that's or something else some other being that's <laughs> causing the big bang or stars to collide or what have you you know to hmm. <laughs> so at that point well that's not natural <laughs> so is is lori john's gold i i always thought about this moment in the book and in the movie too about um he says previously in another minute um in my opinion, the existence of life is a highly overrated phenomenon. Okay. And now he's saying all of this, all of this, uh, 
the human coupling, uh, this, this particular woman, this particular man, all the millions or billions of sperm, whatever, it all came down to creating Lori. So is it because it's Lori that he's having this transformative moment? What if it was a conversation with Dan? Right. So yeah. do we need is it do we need Lori at this moment for him to have this uh, revelation? I think so. I think because of what he he'll go on to say about, you know, until, you know, finally your mother loves a man, Edward Blake, the comedian, a man she has every reason to hate. And out of that contradiction against unfathomable odds, it's you. And that's kind of what I was talking about with the the cause and effect. And, and here it is in the large scale, you know, going back to the attempted rape of Sally by Eddie that doesn't, you know, at that moment doesn't result in her being conceived. But, you know, later on, you know, Sally decides to, to go back to Eddie and they – uh, in uh, Lawrence's word, words finish the job. Yeah. You know they they f have a connection, and that's what results in Lori. So I think, th yeah, I think this couldn't be a conversation between Doctor Manhattan and and Dan about you know oh your parents got together and you know what are the odds like it's with Lori it is more you know there was hate and then there was. You know, love, I guess, is the the miracle. So like the circ yeah, the circumstance, yeah. That makes sense. Um, you mentioned um, you know, when the attempted rape happened and that didn't result in at that time Lori being conceived. Yeah. But see the, the thing I've thought about a lot throughout my life at, at various points, I've I've kinda gotten on <laughs> on like, okay this you know, this this or that doesn't make sense because it's it wouldn't be Lori. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, right now, you know, if by just, you know, fractions of seconds, things happening slightly different when she was conceived mm -hmm. later on um, uh, with the one night stand or what have what ha what have you um, that, you know, we I mean, this could be a blonde Lori or <laughs> or, yeah. you know. Who knows how or different. male or right, yeah, yeah exactly yeah but it, he even says it you know millions upon millions of cells compete to create life right. so yeah it had to be that you know that one uh, instance when they had intercourse that led to to Lori so mm -hmm. it's all about timing and all right what is it the to create a diamond you need time and pressure. It's also a dialogue that is fairly spot on from the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Which I appreciated. Mm hmm I I love the way the the final thing he says here, you know, just just the two words of it's you. Mm -hmm. Um it, it's said with such conviction and weight, and it's it's like we're seeing him genuinely surprised for the first time in this movie. You know, he didn't know this was gonna happen. Um, he even told us a few minutes ago that 
you know, how this was going to end. You know, she was going to be in tears and disappointed and, you know, and he wasn't going to go back to earth for a very long time. Um, but he's just, he's genuinely caught off guard here, seemingly just from being in her presence, like as if she's royalty or even, you know, more than royalty, just, just she is this miracle that he's suddenly aware of. And it's all just, I mean, I love the entire minute's worth of dialogue from him, but the, that final bit of delivery of, of it's you, you know, he gives it some, some pause before he says it. And then after he's, he's still considering what he's, what he's saying. And it's, uh, it, it's really powerful, uh, bit of delivery from, uh, Billy Crudup again. I just, I, you know. I love him here as Dr. Manhattan and, and these these minutes and his, you know, earlier scene on Mars when he first arrives on Mars. It's all, you know, just perfect for me. Um, For possibly the last little bit of uh, baby talk um, here, uh, <laughs> um, unless you guys have anything more, the uh, my last note for this is uh, could they have a baby, John and Lori? Hmm. I think so. I think I think I don't think there's too many limits of what he could do. Yeah, right. As it's, far as I mean, because we've already seen yeah. them having. I mean, not graphically, but sure, sure. Seeing them in bed together, making yeah. love, having sex, pleasing her. Yeah. Yeah, I think if he wanted to, he could create something. Basically, uh, create sperm. You know, I, I think. Yeah. Right. And then if, you know, he chose to follow the, the human way of, you know, sperm fertilizing the egg sort of thing. So I think if he wanted to, yeah, he could. He, he would leave it to chance or would he promote hmm. one sperm versus the other? <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's just, I mean, who's to say, uh, I guess I shouldn't put... Um, I shouldn't put stock in this because yeah. it's not like it's there's any evidence of it. But who's to say that he didn't already impregnate her and just say nah, and you know he could do whatever he wanted, right? True, he, he yeah, is that powerful. But yeah, that's an interesting notion. I never thought about um, them having a baby. Wow. Yeah, and he says later in the movie, you know, he's going to go create some life, but I, I, we don't know how he plans to do that. Maybe that's what uh, Doomsday Clock's all about, but I, again, so far behind, I don't know. Um, uh, my last bit here is um, going back to something uh, I've talked about several times. <laughs> I promise this will be the last, um, but I noticed within this minute, the typical boring reddish-brown yeah. color palette on Mars is gone. And this this minute... It, and I think tomorrow's minute, they're just gorgeous. Um, we've got, you know, him glowing blue. And, and most of the frames of this minute, it's pretty evenly split yeah. between her on the left side, him on the right side. And so the left, the, his side is this blue, there's pinks, there's dark purples. Her side tends to be more orange and yellow. And there's this beautiful, like, gradient transition between the two um it's finally like here's some some beautiful 
coloring on Mars. I know it's because of the light that he gives off, but it feels like it's more like the book where we have, you know, pinks and, and yellows and just different color here. So I'm, um, and then I noticed that with, there's this kind of, uh, like I said, several of the frames are basically set up the same way, her on the right, him on the left or whatever. Um, but this color kind of splitting both sides. And then it reminded me of the, uh, the color scheme of, of a lot of Veidt's, Adrian Veidt's branding, the yellow and purple. Um, and then if you go back to the book in this scene, you know, she's throwing that bottle of nostalgia, which is yellow and purple. And it just, I, I doubt that was intentional, but it, I don't know. It made me think of it. So I'm going to, I'm going to praise him for it anyways. I'm sure you'll be happy to know that at least at one point when I was rewatching and rewatching this, I thought of you <laughs> talking about, <laughs> talking about the colors and oh, the good. landscape. I promise I won't bring it up anymore. <laughs> um, Peter, any final thoughts on the minute uh, today or yesterday? No, that was, uh, that was all my notes. Cool. Um, can you tell us about the first time you read Watchmen or any, any memories from, from reading it? Yeah, I, I was, I'm old enough to have, uh, read Watchmen as it was coming out. Mm. Um, I think I remember the first issue hitting the stand. I want to say I got issue one and two and then for some reason didn't get three or four, but then jumped right back in with like five um, and then quickly found those other two copies. And at the time, in the mid-80s, mid to late 80s, when um, Watchmen hit, um, I was, let's see, in 1986, I was 14. I was reading this when I was 14, 15 years old. Hmm. And a lot of the older comic book readers at my comic store at that time were digging in super hard with theories and visual clues that they thought meant something so at the time it was this crazy um flurry of activity and you know we didn't have the internet then so um um or at least not the way we have it now and the only the only discussion i had was with my friends or with these older guys at the comic store so i i remember reading it and just being blown away by it um um, 1986 was a hell of a year between this and Born Again and Miracle Man and Year One and just it just kept going and going. Yeah. So I so Watchmen has always been something that's um, been a book that that I, I could say I was there when it was coming out. I remember that feeling. I don't necessarily. Um, need it to be only the comic. I'm not that strong of a proponent that it should only exist as a comic. Um, but I appreciate some of the, some of the echoes that we've gotten since then. Um, even if I have my problems with a few things here and there. Um, but it's a world that's, you know, you can't create something this rich and expect it to just be, you know, that one thing. Right. And I know that's not a popular opinion, you know, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about the movie? 
The movie was the same way. Um, I was excited. That first trailer, come on, that first trailer oh, yeah. was just mind-boggling. It was great. I wasn't necessarily, I didn't know who Zack Snyder was, you know. At that point, I, I maybe, I, I know I saw 300, but I think that might have been it. Um, and when the movie hit, now unfortunately when I saw the movie, I was dating a girl who wasn't into comics. That that wasn't a good date movie to go to. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, her reaction wasn't very strong. And there are some things about the movie especially near the end that I'm sure you'll you'll bring up in this podcast that um, I sort of take issue with. But I still, I find myself every now and then, you know, when I just want something in the background, that's a movie that I'll put on in the background. Um, cool. And I actually watched it again all the way up until the minutes that you assigned for me here. Okay. Just, you know, I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything. And... I was cooking or doing dishes and then I would stop and actually watch certain sections again and marvel at how close it is to the comics here and there and yet still still works. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy the movie. I enjoy the movie for the most part. Good. Um, I actually have one last thing I forgot to... Uh, I, 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 oh. I remembered I looked up and I brought up when you mentioned the website uh, Quora. Travis. Oh, yeah. So for some reason, the, the the one little bit of a line that I did uh, uh, Google was the um, um, out of that contradiction. Okay. For some crazy reason, I just Googled that. And halfway down the result, first results page is from Quora.com, and it's, what is the best romantic quote in any movie? <laughs> so somewhere, someone in that, you know, came up with the scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> this whole scene. It's not, it's not a, a small quote. Sure, sure. I yeah, I mostly his monologue. Kind of see that, yeah. Hmm. Meaning that John John was being romantic, or I guess yeah, it's, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, uh... it does feel that way, and I, I'm sure you guys are going to talk about it in in the next in the next minute. But it does feel that's why I I kind of want to ask the question about. You know, is it Laurie of all the people? Mm. This wouldn't even been a conversation with Janie, right? Like he didn't think of Janie this right. way. Um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, that's that's interesting. So I'm sure you guys will touch on that next minute. One thing that I was reminded of now, uh, since we're going back, um, <laughs> is when he says, you know, uh, your mother loves a man, Edward Blake, and we get her reaction. You know, she kind of shakes her head looks disgusted for for a brief second you know um it, it's not i don't have notes about it but it's worth noting i think that mm -hmm. you know she can't even hear his name in context of the fact that he's her father that you know without, without having this physical kind of reaction yeah it's it's going to be a sore spot for some time yeah. i mean this is just in the past <laughs> couple few minutes that she's <laughs> realized this essentially or just a minute or two ago really yeah yeah because he that long. john knows it john john can just say it right he can say that her mother loved the comedian um sure and i don't think the i don't think the movie has that part where uh 
where the where Sally drags Lori into the car and then Lori says that's where everything came out. I think in the comic she she says that's where she finally learned everything about it. Hmm. Um, and we certainly see it as viewers. We see that Sally has strong feelings, whether it's subtle, whether it's you know implied. Um, um, the argument that she has with her one husband. Um, so it, again, it, I guess it's to go back to the whole thing of like all the knowledge was there for Lori. And yet John can just very succinctly say, oh, yes, yeah, your mom loved him. Right. Yeah. Car- Carla Gugino's reminiscing <laughs> is is on the same level about, you know, her her uh, things in the past, you know, that are yeah. dirty, but dirty, but good. Um mm-hmm at times uh is is on an alec guinness obi-wan kenobi level <laughs> that, that, you know that, i mean i mean does, is she really you know is she really clued into that or is she just i mean it's just there's something there that because my understanding is alec guinness was not clued in because lucas didn't know <laughs> even <laughs> that that luke was gonna i don't know maybe you knew that part but i don't know yeah yeah Cool. Peter, thanks for uh, yeah. joining us this week or uh, these uh, couple episodes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. That, that's a lot of fun. Um, as I said uh, before, uh, I've always been curious about this particular format of a, of a podcast and and uh, it really does. It, it kind of really hones your your eyes yeah. and your your uh, mm. the way you think about movies and scenes. And, and oddly enough, yeah. also that that these at least these two minutes seem to really be its own minute. You could really just make each. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. That was, that was interesting too. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. I appreciate uh, the invite. Yeah. Awesome. Do, do, well, do, uh, do you think, I'm sorry, do you, do you think you might do a movie by minute? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you're, you're already doing a daily. <laughs> right. Yeah. True. Very you take true. a break from that for, you know, a few months and put out, <laughs> I have so many other projects I need to finish yeah. first. Um, I think all probably all the good, you know me. I would pick some random weird movie if I was going to do it, and I would need some some co-host and stuff like that. Oh. But now, I this is one of those that I really, now that I've been involved with it, and and yeah. uh, I see the other movies that have been um, uh-huh. already done. I'm, I'm curious to actually go listen to yeah. some of them. Yeah, yeah. Check out if you haven't already. Check out moviesbyminutes.com. And just look at the list there of you know if if you have you know other favorite movies. Um, not saying this this is my favorite movie, but you know this. There's so many over there on that list to to check out. So nice, and so many not being done too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Like Citizen Kane, and like there is someone doing Casablanca. <laughs> they haven't decided to start yet, but they're working on it. That's my understanding. Yeah. Yep. Very yeah. cool. I'm glad you made um, it on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. And this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, all right. I think that's where we'll end it. Um, yeah. So come back uh, tomorrow for Thursday, minute 154. But until then, who watches The Watchmen? We do. We do. We do. Watchmen are over. Watchmen are over.